learned something about myself. And Shut up. Why do you keep doing this? <laughs> when we are recording. Turning you off. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Grumble Pack. I am Jasmine Gower, fantasy author and freelance editor. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at J-A-S underscore Gower. You can find my author website at jasminegower.com and my editing website at publishing.jasminegower.com. Eli? Yes, hello. Uh, and I'm Eli Wenstrom. I'm primarily an illustrator and game dev. You can find most of my work on my Twitter at E-L-I-D-E-E-Art. And that's about it for now. And I may sound a little bit farther away today because we have a guest. We have a special we have guest, a guest today. Uh, Stacy, go ahead. <laughs> Hi there, I'm Stacy Looney. You can find me online pretty much anywhere under the username Loonstar256. And you can find my sh- stuff on Etsy under the name Suri Couture, which is S-O-U-R-I-S Couture, where I sell mouse ears. In my day job, I work at a university. It's very exciting. Yeah. Your your fashion brand that you have reminds me <laughs> of The World Ends With You. It, it does kind of work with The World because Ends With You. Because it's a fashion thing, and there's fashion in The World Ends With You, and <laughs> tangential ties to Disney. True. I'll also, it's, it's a... Sorry, is the word for mouse in French. <laughs> Which is very of the style of the brands in The World Ends With You. Um, yeah, got some red hot news for you. We're talking about The World Ends With You today. Eli has not played these games, so they are going to be moderating. Yes, which is why I'm going to be in the background. And why I'm here, because I have played a lot. Yes, Stacy has played a lot of them. I have played a lot of them. We're going to be talking about them. Before we get started, should we decide for sure how spoilery we're gonna get. Oh, that's a good point. I think we should... I'm actually gonna put this out now. Spoiler warning for the first game for sure, for sure, for sure, because otherwise we can't even talk about the fact that Neku is dead. So... (laughs) Well, yeah, that's wild. Um, So, so spoilers for that. If you haven't played the seminal classic from over a decade ago. Yeah, it... (laughs) The World Ends With You uh, originally released in 2007 on the Nintendo DS. Uh, If you can get it on the DS, absolutely do that. But yeah, do... Do we want to do spoilers for the second game too? Because that one's... It's going to be really hard. Let's spoil the first game, but not the second game. Okay, we'll see how well we can... We can can put just major spoiler warnings on it. It's fine. Okay, yeah, let's just... Because it's going to be really hard to talk about some of the parts of the second game Yeah, that's true. That's true, especially if we're doing any comparison of the two. Okay, so spoiler warning for the whole franchise. There we go. Here is the the last warning if you were zoning out or you couldn't get to your pause button. (laughs) This is your last chance. Yeah, I guess we could talk about the basics of what these games are. Yes, please. Right now. Uh, so, as I said, first game came out 2007, the Nintendo DS. It was phenomenal. It changed the landscape of gaming forever. Uh, it is considered kind of a cult classic. These games are made by Square Enix, also, I should mention. The first game was also ported to phones in 2012. In what's known as the solo remix, it was remastered for the Switch in 2018 in what's known as the final remix, which included some new story stuff. Uh, and there was an anime in 2012. And the new game just no. came out in 2021. 2021. Wow. <laughs> I just breezed through that without even thinking. I was just like, got switched around. 20, the, the anime is from earlier this year. You can watch it on Hulu. We are recording. 
August 2021. 2012. Uh, Jesus Christ. Let's not. The new game just came out in... July, Neo, The World Ends With You, it is called. Uh, so that one's on the PS4 and the Switch, so it's quite a bit different than the original. Uh, let's shoot it over to Eli yes. for some structured questions. Yes, um, so I wanted to start out with y'all just kind of going over the general gameplay for the first game, because I think when talking about sequels, it's important to establish how the first game plays and the sort of vibe for it before you jump into talking about said sequel. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite descriptor of The World Ends With You is this thing that I came up with. The vibe of the game. It's an indie game put out by a AAA company. I think that's a very apt description. It, it feels a lot more intimate, I guess. And the yeah. first game was, I mean, it was a standalone for like... 13 years, so... Yeah, yeah, 13, absolutely. 14 years. 14 years. Yeah, it, it really felt like it was just this game that had a lot of passion and soul put into it, and it was so different than what you would expect, even just from Square Enix it itself. It felt a lot different than Final <laughs> Fantasy at that point. <laughs> and, Kingdom you what, and Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> what is the gameplay like? Because as someone who hasn't played it and has only, like, tangentially heard that the Switch port was really difficult to play, I have no idea how this game actually plays. I don't know what the, like, battle or fight system is at all. So you've got two teens, two dead Japanese teens. (laughs) Except the one. We'll we'll get into that. (laughs) Uh, You control both of them simultaneously, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of them, you're, like, your partner has their own set of attacks that they do, and your player character, Neku, has these pins, like the kind of pins you would just get at a convention and put Mm -hmm. on your backpack, that unlock psychic abilities that he can use. So on the DS version, the pins all have different... Well, I guess in all of the versions of the games, they have different inputs. So, like, you can tap the screen and drag it around... And it like creates a flame where you dragged it, or you swipe up and it creates a spike that jumps out of the ground. Or you tap the pin and it heals you. Yes. There's you a... go tap, 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 tap on the thing and it shoots bullets. <laughs> or you, s- on the DS version, you scream into the microphone. A real thing. You scream oh, into yes. the microphone to make things happen. Yes, I did see that while I was <laughs> casually skimming the Wikipedia article for this episode. You could also just blow into it, by the way. You yeah. don't really need to scream. It does make a lot of noise <laughs> when you blow into the mic. It certainly does. <laughs> uh, I would say that, so that's a, a great descriptor of it, so that it uses basically all functions of the DS. That makes a lot of sense because a lot of DS titles were... Rather gimmicky, I will say. <laughs> yeah. The, the original way, I've described it before, I don't think on this podcast, but just in normal conversations, because I'm this kind of douchebag, I described this game as the most technically perfect game I've ever encountered, because it just uses the functions and features of its hardware so well. I would definitely say this is the best DS game, period. Okay, so then I, I do have a specific question about this then. Um, because... The first World Ends With You was worked on by a team called Jupiter, who also released the uh, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories game Mm -hmm. for the DS. Would you say they were kind of using that as like a test run for a bunch of stuff? Because from what I understand, people don't really like Chain of Memories. (laughs) Chain of Memories was actually on the GBA. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. What? It's, it's, uh, yeah, it was on the Game Boy Advance. Whoa, okay. (laughs) So this is a whole generation of handheld later. Okay. All right. Dang. 
I know. Wild. So probably not that much, actually. Okay, yeah, okay. I definitely think, having played both of them, that they uh, definitely did a better job on The World Ends With You, yeah. in a technical sense, just leave it at that, barring the whole Kingdom Hearts storyline. We're not going to get into Kingdom Hearts right now. That's not allowed. <laughs> no. That's my one job as moderator, is to stop yes. y'all from talking about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> it's, it is difficult. Only, I will only mention it briefly, just because the characters literally do cameo on Kingdom Hearts. There it is. There's the reference. It's oh, out. it's We're in done. Kingdom Hearts 3D's Dream, Dream Drop Distance. Distance. Yes, which is also on the DS and one of the last uh, 3DS. The 3DS, yeah. All right. So now that that's out there, how does the I guess specifically the battle system differ from game to game now? Yeah. So some of it is the same. It's just kind of the method that you're using it is different. So you're controlling. So instead of having your both hands basically, so on the DS you have one using the stylus, and and then one messing with the arrow buttons, that's your partner. In this case, each of your characters has a pin themselves, so you're really only doing the pin input, but it's using most of the buttons on the PS4. And if you're not comfortable using the L2 button, you gotta get comfortable real quick. L1 and L2. Yeah, you use L1, L2, R1, R2, and then square and triangle. Yeah, I don't know if it's different on the Switch, but the PS4 version of Neo, the inputs are a lot simpler, just because the the PS4 doesn't have that kind of, like, tactile (laughs) versatility that the the DS had, so Mm -hmm. they designed it more for a more versatile type of input system. Yeah, Uh, a lot of the... There's a lot of pins that have crossed over or are kind of spiritual successors to the pins from the first game, uh, which is kind of nice and familiar. And I have to say, having played both of them, I didn't mind that the system was simple, simplified because... <laughs> I, this is going to reflect my, my age yeah. <laughs> as a human in a mortal body, but I remember being like 19 or whatever and playing the original on the DS with a tiny little stylus doing these rapid little movements, and it's just destroying my hands. <laughs> and now, in 2021, in my twilight years... As I play on the PS4, which has an adult-sized controller for my adult-sized hands, my hands are still getting destroyed, even with these much simpler, much less uh, nuanced inputs that I'm doing. So I appreciate that they've streamlined it to be more uh, accessible physically. And not having the dual screens is also good because it's very difficult to focus actually on both screens, which means your partner, whatever you're doing, you're just kind of pressing buttons and hoping it works. (laughs) It does most. Yeah, you can get pretty far (laughs) through the game just button mashing. (laughs) Some partners are easier than others. Do you want to give a brief rundown of the plot of both games? Because from someone, again, who's only kind of culturally osmosed the information through all of you and living with you, literally the only thing I know is that we hate Josh because he fucking shot Neku in the chest. Okay, okay. Yes, We'd like to I point out to, that we also love Josh. I have to correct you. I am fucking obsessed with I know. Josh. You did You did cosplay Josh. I did cosplay as him. We both love and hate Josh, as the game tells us to, but also... It's, it's that's a very spicy little character. 
Yeah, do you want to get started on recapping the plot, or do you want me to do it? Okay, let's see. I'll be honest, it's been a little bit since I played the original World Ends With You, but we'll get this. Uh, the basic plot of it is you play as Neku, who is this teenager in Japan, specifically we're in Shibuya, and the whole game takes place in Shibuya, and he kind of wakes up and has found out that he's in this, the Yuji, or the, what is they called? The underground. The underground. Uh, which and he's in this Reapers game. So people on the RG or the real ground can't see him. He'll walk through him, and so he's in this game. He d- but he has no memories of how he got there. You find out everyone has died who's there. <laughs> he has no memories of dying. In the first game, you partner up with the one person. The first, well, it's in the first game. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> in the first game, and then in the first week, there are multiple weeks in each game. You partner up with one person. And you kind of, like, meet your partner on the first day, and then you have missions to solve. And if you don't solve your missions, you face Erasure, a.k.a. Permadeath. (laughs) Uh, First, and then Neku has three weeks that he goes through with three different partners. And it's kind of, you get the story built throughout the first week, three weeks. It is quite surprising if you don't know. You get to the end of week one, and then it's like, wait... There's more. <laughs> There's a whole character on the front of the box that I didn't need at all. Yeah. What's up with that? That would be Joshua. <laughs> yeah, so the first week that Neku plays through, he's partnered up with this girl named Shiki, who is a very uh, fashion-conscious young woman. A little bit uh, like self-deprecating and has self-esteem issues, mm-hmm. but she's generally a very kind person. She wants to be friends with people. She wants people to get along. Uh, and Niku's a solid dick. He <laughs> is. One of his main personality traits is that he hates people. Fucking hates them. He, does, he literally wears those giant chunky headphones so that he doesn't have to hear the people around him talking. Okay. Pardon the interjection then. Yeah. Um, so Neku is the one with the orange hair and yes. the big headphones. Yep. Okay. The purple and orange aesthetic. Whoever okay. designed that, I have questions. Because I, for some reason, was under the impression... That I think I have just been smashing two characters together in my head from what little I've gathered ah. because I think Beat and Neku are the same person. Well, well. there's an interesting thing about oh, that. Oh, God. Okay. No, why it's not think... as bad as yeah. it. Okay. It's okay. not like some Kingdom Hearts bullshit. Okay. No, okay. no, okay. Okay. no. It's, it's an in game reason, actually. Okay. Surprising. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> uh, oh, we'll, we'll talk about that in the second game. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, to, we'll get to that one. Okay, so yeah, week one, Neku starts, he's met, met Shiki and he's kind of. Just a tiny bit started to opening up to people, too, which is kind of nice. Yeah, Shiki, Shiki teaches him how to be friends, and he's like, oh, I, I learned something about myself. Uh, also, Shiki's fighting style, I think, is the hardest for me to control. However, she, she has this very cute little black cat stuffed animal that fights for her called Mr. Mew. And it's very important that you know that it's Mr. Mew because this is a huge, like, part of the second game. Yeah. Mr. Mew is hugely plot important, I guess. (laughs) But yeah, so they get to the end of week one, and you've managed to survive the Reaper game. Yay! They they go to the Game Master, one of the Reapers, thinking, it's like, okay, we won, so we're going to get brought back to life. Or they get a wish or something? I don't remember. No, they get brought back to life. Brought back to life. No, the second one is the 
right. they get to choose what they want. The game oh no, only one of them actually gets to get brought back to life. Oh no. Oh no, so they, they decide together that Shiki will get brought back to life and Neku will play the game again a second week. Poor Neku. So he has to play again a second week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and that's where Joshua enters the picture. Joshua. Joshua. So he's back at Hachiko's statue, like, waiting for a new partner. Also, does someone talk about why are there so many dead kids in Shibuya? They may need to like look into I, that. Yeah, I was I was wondering that a lot with the the second game, especially because it's like that's like a whole like I don't know what kind of club in a college <laughs> that the Deep River Society are, but they all died, and I think the police should look into that. <laughs> yeah. So so we need Joshua. We need Joshua. And he's weird and shady and cagey from the very first moment. He is a tiny little shit <laughs> who's very gay. Oh, yes. Dressed like he's absolutely from the, like, late 2000s. Wears black flared denim. Mm-hmm. It is very 2007 And right a button-up. And a button-up. Button-up that's only buttoned up, like, halfway. Because <laughs> that's how he is. And he talks in one of the more bizarre ways in that game. He's it's it's strange. It's really hard to describe, but he has this very strange speech pattern. Like, it was a pretty fancy little boy. Uh, and he yeah. also hates everyone. Mm-hmm. So he's also like, yeah, people suck. Mm-hmm. Why why should we care about people? I don't want to deal with people. And Neku's like, oh my god, is this what I used to sound like? <laughs> So these two do not get along. <laughs> like at all. At ever. <laughs> but so they partner up. But they partner up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. To, to play another week of the Reapers game. Because if you don't have a partner from the end of the first day, you die. Permanent erasure. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a like, so partner or die. <laughs> okay. So I assume they fight their way through it again. Yes. Yes. And same thing happens though? Mm. <laughs> so there, what, what happens at the end of the There are some twists and turns. Actually, in the, week, in the middle of week two... Neku finds out for a while he's thinking based off of what Josh has said being in the Reapers game he seems to think that Josh actually died by suicide and it's starting to be like oh shit this is kind (laughs) of heavy then he finds out that Josh isn't dead yeah Hmm. Josh actually tells you he's like no I'm part of the RG I can just see the Reapers game it's like that's a fucking it's a blatant and decided he wanted to play the game Mm. yeah there's some mysteries going on with him but He's a weird character. Shiki is a very straightforward, like, she has her, like, secrets, but she's much more straightforward well, in her life. Well, that makes sense. You don't want to start immediately throwing curveballs at a player as they've just been dropped into a brand new world. Well, so. And then there's Neo, but that's... <laughs> the, this game, I'd say, is pretty well-paced with its plot reveals, of which there are a lot, but they yeah. never really feel, feel, like, gratuitous. Yeah. Okay. So, week two. I know Josh sacrifices himself. Mm-hmm. To save Neku and the final conflict of the week, where I think they're fighting Minamimoto, I, one of the Reapers. He's by, I, I'm pretty sure it's that one. I can't, because I, because I remember the other two, so it's got to probably be. It doesn't matter. Josh sacrifices himself in a battle. Yeah. Uh, the battle is considered won by Neku's team, but Josh is out of the picture. Yeah. So the Reapers are like, you won, I guess. You gotta come back to life, except, mm, no, we're gonna make you do it again. Yeah, because, <laughs> because of the whole, like, I sacrifice the thing. exact loophole they did. But, but they make him play a game. You said there was a week three. We knew this was coming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, after week two, you're pretty sure there's another week. Yeah. Of course. Third time around, he partners up with Beat, who we actually met in the first week, mm-hmm. who was another player uh, playing with his sister, Rhyme. 
uh, rhyme got oh god destroyed. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that there's a thing where reapers are not supposed to go after the players. They're not, not supposed directly. to directly. That's the game master's thing. The reapers. There's so basically it's a job. You have yeah. a game master, and then you have a bunch of reapers who are around. They give you quests. They do. They mm-hmm. kind of watch you. Those reapers are not supposed to go after you. One of the days in uh, early week one, uh, Rive and B are your friends. You're hanging out. Um, this is another naked trying to hang out with people. There's three of them. There's a setup where you're told to go to one place, and Neku is about to get attacked by noise are the name of the monsters that are there. Um, and Ryan, like, shoves him out of the way, and she okay. gets taken in the set. Right. In a very, it's a parallel to, like, what actually How she happened. actually died in the real Horrifying. World, so, yeah, it's yeah. Horrifying. upsetting. It's really um, upsetting. I will say at this point, I don't think we need a super, like, beat-for-beat beat exact oh, yeah. plot points recap of this game. But we just of, we got, got to beat. I know, I, I know, I get it, but I think, yeah. I think and if we're going to keep doing yeah. this, this episode is going to be three hours. No, no, yeah. I'm not going to get no, this no, no. It, week for week, especially in the second game. It's like, it, it doesn't require It doesn't that. require that. Okay. No, uh, the other thing you have to know is if your partner dies, you die, too. Okay. So if you're, in this case, Ryan dies, so beat is, like... He has minutes to live. Minutes okay, to live. Right. But... Through a fun uh, thing with another character that we haven't mentioned. A mystery character Stuff brings yes. Ryan back as a noise. Beat, Beat gets recruited as a reaper. So they both so they're both technically around, they're just not players anymore. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. By week three, Beat's sick of all of the bullshit that the Reapers are putting him through. He quits being a Reaper, goes back to being a player. Uh, Rhyme has been turned it, from a noise into a pin. So horrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, you gotta watch her reaper actually like holding the little rhyme noise. She's like a a red panda a red slash panda. a flying squirrel. I think she's a flying squirrel. She's a little creature. Of she's some a kind. cute little creature. One yes. reaper is holding her in her hand and goes crunch, and she turns into a pin. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Not fun. Anyway, they they fight through week three, but everything is very fucked up by this yeah. point. The rules have kind of broken down. Uh, people in the RG are getting brainwashed by the Reapers. Something big yeah. is going on. There's, like, some kind of noise that's taking out every player yeah. set and Reapers. And Reapers yeah. Big, big rigged game conspiracy. It's, it's, there's yeah, there's it's a back. couple different players uh, doing different things here. Uh, it, it, as they keep going, Neku finds out that really Joshua was behind everything. Mm-hmm. He is... The, they call him the composer, the person who runs the entire game and afterlife for Shibia, I guess. Which uh, is why I'll just refer to him as God. Yeah, he's yes. God. Um, and <laughs> he's an angel, it, technically. And, and sure. in game, they call it's, him an angel. He's God. Turns out he's he is thinking about destroying Shibia because he's just sick of the bullshit. He thinks capitalism has destroyed the neighborhood. No one gives a shit about anything anymore. It's. Mm-hmm. This whole game, it turns out, Neku's partner was a last-ditch effort to be like, pr- prove to me that is worth not destroying. Yeah. On Josh's end, and everything has been kind of a six-dimensional chess between mm-hmm. Josh and yeah. the game master, or not the game master, the god. The conductor. The too similar. There's okay. conductor. The, the top are. reaper. Yeah. The top reaper. Boss Big reaper. Big boy. Yeah. So he actively just, like, found Neku and killed him and mm-hmm. was like, it's yeah. your job now. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, yeah, the amnesia thing, too, is kind of a thing throughout the the weeks. He slowly starts getting it back, so he remembers at one point Minami Moto is actually chasing Josh, but Josh, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's, we're he, getting, again, we're getting Josh into him, but then he thinks that Minami Moto shot him, but then it turns out Josh didn't shoot him. It's, it's okay. a lot. We're getting yeah. into, the, we're getting into the nitty gritty here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, in the end, Nikki's like, you know what, Josh, you fucking suck, but you were my friend for one week and I'm not gonna mm-hmm. shoot you with a gun like you did to me. <laughs> and at cut- that point, Josh is like, eh, I guess shoot you, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's what does it, is Neku okay. sitting there it's crying. Neku like deciding not to get revenge on Josh, like gotcha. convinces Josh, and maybe he shouldn't do some genocide. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, in the end, and then uh, Josh brings Neku and Shiki and Bean Run back to life. Yes. Nice. In the end. It's very Happy cute. Happy ending. Happy ending. Neku <laughs> learns a lot about friendship, about opening up to other people. And about trusting people in general. And it sounds like Josh doesn't learn a damn thing. Mm, I wouldn't say that's actually true. Josh figured out that he really likes Neku. Yeah. And Josh Neku, calms down a bit. And Neku is basically worth saving an entire city for. Okay. That's what he finds. That's got some good right. vibes. Happy ending. Game two. Well, so, happy ending asterisk. Game <laughs> Game two. We're talking about game no, two. No, no, no. This is actually so important. Unfortunately, okay. Final Remix did introduce yeah. oh, shit that is apparently, because I didn't get to the end of Final Remix, apparently <laughs> ended up being really important to the second game, plot-wise. Mm. Yeah, so... Uh, so, Neku gets shot and dies again. <laughs> I mean, I figure if he's in the second game, they all have to... If, well, whoever's in well, the game, you'd be surprised. Uh, this time it's a Reaper named Coco who is doing something related to Shinjuku instead mm-hmm. of Shibuya, which I guess it's not really till the second game that you get uh, details on that. But yeah, uh, so what you do Nikki's find out dead again. Yeah, something's going on with Shibuya, uh, and Coco also resurrects Minami Moto, who died under the weight of a vending machine in the first game. <laughs> Literal trash. He has an obsession with trash. Yeah, okay. he's a weird guy. Uh, but yeah, so that actually negates the happy ending from the first game. Okay. Uh, that sucks. Yeah, uh, exactly. Game two. Game, game two. two. Rindo and Fret are two Japanese teens hanging out in Shibuya. They, they, buy they some... find some weird-looking pins that they think are really cool. Anyone who's played the first game knows that they're a variation uh, and, on the player pin. And then they're in the Reapers game, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. roughly. And they have no memories of how they're told that they died. That's mm-hmm. why they're in the Reapers game, and have no memories of dying. So you're kind of just like, okay, so we've started exactly the same, except there's two of them. Game, game, game one. Yeah. Here we go. Week one. I'm uh, playing World Ends With You again. Hooray! <laughs> yes, exactly. That one, and then the noise show up. Minami Moto, from the first game, he was the main antagonist of the second week in the first game. This math-obsessed, abstract art nerd comes right the fuck out of nowhere and just helps them sweep the floor with these noise. So yep. he's helping them out for some reason, and he doesn't explain anything. He just talks in quadratic equations. And Right. Spoiler alert, he barely explains it the entirety of the game. Yeah, he really didn't ever clarify what uh, he was up to. Um, you do find out, though, so in the first game, you're in partners. But suddenly you have a team of three. Yeah, now you can have full teams, and there are other teams running around. Um, so at a certain point, Rindo and Fred need to, Minami Moto convinces them they need to recruit another member. So they recruit Nagi, who is a otaku college student who is actually the greatest character in the game she's so good but she's obsessed with this uh visual novel where a character looks surprisingly like minami moto 
so she spends a lot of the game being horny for it and Namimoto. Okay. Weird. And okay. hilarious. And, yeah. So basically, you're back in the Reapers game, and if you've played the first game, you have a general idea of what you're doing, then you have these missions. They can be battles, they can be puzzles, that kind of thing. But stuff seems like it's turned a little bit weird, and also basically none of the characters that you remember from the first game are back. You also find out that this is set exactly three years after the last game ended, and you find out there's been no Reapers game in those three years, and they just decided to start it again. That is kind of a weird, and again, if you've played the first game, you're just like, okay, so I know how the mechanics of the game work. Somewhere up in the Strasbourg, Josh probably doing something. Yeah, exactly. That was those weird little hand motions you just did. <laughs> Perfect for an audio <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Eli just did a, like, puppet master marionette <laughs> motion. So uh, you spend the first week of the game meeting a lot of new characters and, and understanding how this game works, because the rules are different. It's team-based, and the last place team in every week Everyone on that team gets a race. So the stakes are like way higher mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's a lot of teams. And yeah, these or teams are huge. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, most of the teammates on the other teams are just generic, the same generic, <laughs> like 20 year old dude recolored 50,000 times. Yeah, of course. They're either but, wearing pink or blue. Or but it's suggested in parts that like the Deep Reverse Society has like 20, 30 guys on it, maybe. Mm-hmm. So that's 20, 30 guys who might all just die at once if they Mm. lose yeah so you find out that there are or i guess you're the fifth team on the first week right (laughs) i just realized i had to count that your your team's wicked twisters uh there's also the deep reverse society which is a bunch of nerds Mm -hmm. Uh, the pure hearts which are a bunch of internet influencers i guess and also weirdly obsessed with foreign languages and yeah and they're all polyglots uh varia beauties who are a bunch of fashion queers and the ruin bringers who are just a big old mystery all right they're weird and power extremely powerful and you find out that the ruin bringers have been winning the game every single week without fail and there you find at the end of this game instead of being given the chance to come back to life you get to choose something you could choose get to away. get a genie's <laughs> basically. So you could choose to come back to life, but you find out that the Ruinbringers have been choosing every week to just keep playing. They want to keep staying in this weird limbo state and keep playing. So that's those are your like teams that you find out, and throughout the game, you learn more about each team uh, to both good and bad. <laughs> all these new Reapers that are running around who you find out are mostly from Shinjuku. Your characters are like, what Shinjuku? And you as a real world person are like, oh no. <laughs> you find out that that thing that Josh was trying to do to Shibuya actually happened to Shinjuku. They oh. actually destroyed Shinjuku. They wiped it out of existence. So mm. no one remembered that it existed. That this whole like district of Tokyo just gone out of everyone's memories yeah so josh is back to being an asshole well well it seems it I seems mean, he is. yeah <laughs> yeah that's true but you find out that that's that's essentially what happened there horrifying that yeah because it also erased everyone's memories except the reapers in the UG. everyone in the UG still remembers shinji right anyway rendo can time travel <laughs> yeah oh cool so each of the characters has a very special ability yeah, they're on little psychic abilities that they yeah. can do as, as ghost children 
Jasmine, I'm sure you, as a time travel hater, <laughs> I, I enjoyed was, that part so much. Yeah, as soon as Rindo time traveled the first time on accident, I was just like, I'm bucking. <laughs> but it actually turned out going in an interesting direction. I okay. don't hate that there was time travel in this game. This is I, incredible. I didn't yeah. love it as a gameplay <laughs> element. It's really not good on replay. But as a replay. plot element, it was... Uh, interesting yeah. the direction they ended up going with it. It ends up being one of the best time travel explanations I have ever seen that takes into account something that everyone always forgets. The Wicked Twisters uh, play through the first week. Four of them on the team. Yeah, uh, Rindo, Brett, Nagi, and Minamimoto. I don't quite remember the, what happens at the end of that week. Okay, so but I, I can help the Deeper Verse Society lose, <laughs> mm-hmm. they get erased. Right, okay. So basically, 20 to 30 dudes just psh, gone. Yes. Basically, you earn points throughout the week, and the Ruinbringers always have the most points, suspiciously. Mm-hmm. Even though they, like, sit out entire days worth of mm-hmm. challenges. Right. Right. Uh, game is rigged again. Yeah, game is like, rigged again. Yeah. Uh, so on the last day, basically, you want to take down a higher team, so you go and fight yeah. them. Everyone goes, well, in this case, if you're at the bottom, you're going to go fight the top because right. you're going to lose either way. Right. Uh, so that's what happens. The Wicked Twisters don't win, so they just start again. And they're back to week two. And this and game... And has fucked off. Yeah, he okay. left. He's just gone now. Okay. Week three. <laughs> so you start no, you start week two with the three oh, of two. you, and it's difficult. It's extremely yeah. Lame. There's a huge gameplay difficulty spike actually uh. once Minamimoto leaves. You realize uh, that he had all your HP. He he was carrying the team the whole time, and there's this whole like it's part of Rindo's character arc. His fatal flaw, where Neku's was like I Half hate happy. people. Don't talk <laughs> to me. Blah blah blah. Rindo's is that he's incredibly indecisive and unwilling to take leadership or responsibility. Mm. And so once (laughs) once this, like, tall, older kid shows up and is like, I know what's going on. I'll lead you to victory. He's just like, cool, someone to take responsibility (laughs) for me. And then once that guy is gone, Rindo's fucked. Mm. Yeah, so you start week two out in Harajuku, actually. It starts out kind of weird because they're not entirely sure. Again, they're just kind of going through the motions of, like, okay, we're on another week. Like, now there's one less team. That's fun. And then you get thrown this little thing. Because at the end of week one, you get saved by a mysterious character. Also, everyone in the game just keeps talking about Neku. By name. Literally, they talk about him all the time as this legendary character who revolutionized or broke the game. Depends on your definition at that point. Start of week two, Wicked Twisters are like, we should find Neku and get him on our side. Okay. I am going to say very quickly, I can see about where we're at with the, uh, how long this episode oh, is. Yeah. If we could speed it up just yeah. a little bit. It's I not Neku, love... it's Beat. Yeah, it's, it's not Neku. Okay. It's Beat. And this is probably where you got the two of them confused because okay. they call yeah. him Neku for a while. But it's not, it's Beat. No, I fully had them confused when oh. just the first game was out. Okay. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, so <laughs> it's Beat. He's been, but he's not part of the UG. That's the thing. There's a lot going on here where you're, like, it, it seems that the kids are not actually dead. Yeah. After all. Okay. Something else is going on. Uh, there's some very sinister stuff going on with the Reapers. The boss Reaper here, uh, Sheba, is... That's his name. That is his name. Uh, he's... The other Reapers are saying that he used to be different, and now he's all power-hungry and rigging the game. Recruiting actual live children. Yes, and not, not dead ones. Uh, so your team is all alive, except for... Okay. Well, there's Minamimoto, but we're not going to get into that one, so... Uh, <laughs> 
so you play through the second week. It's more or less the same as the first week, except this time the pure hearts get erased. By this time, one of the Reapers that has been interacting a lot with you and you find out has been helping you secretly a bit, Shoka, uh, she gets fired from her job, has to become a player. She joins the Wicked Twisters. And then you find out at the end of week two why the game is rigged. Okay. Or how it is. So the Ruinbringers have this leader. You don't know where they are. There's th- it's a pl- it's a team of three. Okay. But they're you both find out they're all reapers. They're all reapers. Okay, cool. yeah. yeah, you find out they're all reapers. They're all reapers. Shiva the is, boss is Shiva. Is, okay. His own team has been winning each time. He's mm-hmm. been Excellent. cheating okay. to make sure that his team wins. Yep. Right. Uh, and you find out he is trying to destroy Shibuya in the same way that Shinjuku was destroyed. Okay. Uh, so we're back to the same story beat of yeah, trying to yeah. save Shibuya. Week from three reapers. starts. Again, things are going to shit. People in the real world are getting affected by shit. They're like, some of them can see monsters. Some of mm. them, like, their souls just shut down because yeah. they got infected with plagued monsters. <laughs> you can, you have this ability where you can read people's minds. And on week three, when you start doing that, you just see dot, dot, dot. You see okay. a lot of people right. who just have head empty. Okay. Head uh, empty. Um... <laughs> Yeah, the sky is weird. The sky turns all, like, monochrome and undulating. Spooky. Yeah, yep. it's very spooky. Um, Shiba is just kind of focused on killing you. Uh, Even the, though there's another team, There's too. another team. They <laughs> die partway through, I guess. Ooh, yeah, so the, the plague noise also infects the players. Okay. And it, infect, it infects um, yeah, so their, the leader of the team. Their leader, Kanan, gets infected. Her, her soul shuts down, and then she dies. And then I guess all of her dudes die too yeah that wasn't really explained that one wasn't explained as you keep going uh eventually they do find the real neku he shows up for real uh and neku notices windows time travel ability and is like that seems god level and probably there are consequences for using that Mm -hmm. maybe don't that's the second time someone has told Rindo, because minami moto also was real like minami moto warned him against using that his Time travel ability was very powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also noticed, Rindo noticed, that his player pin, the weird pin that he and Fred got at the beginning of the game, his is starting to look different from other people's. There's these, like, weird embellishments that have been mm-hmm. showing up on it. It's getting real creepy is what it's getting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it turns out that his time travel ability, every time he uses it, it causes the timeline he was on and traveled out of to just kind of erase from existence. Okay. And the sort of it's transference from- of mass and matter that results in that is building up to potential energy that's not being used yeah and it's storing in his player pin you find out he was given this pin specifically to break the game okay. and to break and to help bring about to the destruction of destroy Shibuya. Shibuya. okay um and yeah so that all that it's specific like they were meaning for him to use time travel build up all of this course, energy right. and then basically burn Shibuya in the raw energy and be- the game has been rigged yep. and because He's so indecisive. He kept using his time travel ability anytime anything even mildly fucked up. Yeah. Every time he uses it, this power in the pin gets stronger, meaning it's going to be more impossible to fight. And even after he learns this information, he can't stop himself from using the time travel. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, but I I slightly fucked up, though. I have to fix it. Go back. Yeah. And every time it's getting worse. So you end up playing the third third week, last day. Three times. Okay. And every... So he's turned back time twice. And every time your final boss is getting harder. So the first time, you're just fighting Shiva. The second time, you're fighting a bunch of noise. And the third time, you're fighting the noise, but in a terrifying, it's like, a phoenix. giant cool phoenix it's dragon. cool phoenix dragon. 
So you find out that the Game Master is actually being controlled himself. Okay. He, not entirely controlled, more like influenced. It's, something's yeah. happening. There's, yeah. there, there's more rigged shit. One yeah. of the Reapers is this it's incredibly not. sketchy looking guy to begin with. Like, it really was, it really yeah. is the ones you ex- most expect, huh? <laughs> Uh, his name is Kubo. It turns out he's not a reaper. He is an angel. He is a higher ranking mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. undead, I guess. There's yeah. a whole... Than reapers. Yeah. We don't have to get into that. We don't have to get into that. He's He is the one who made this boss power pin, uh, god power pin, and gave it to Rendo and yeah. was expecting this and he, whole thing to happen because he wanted to destroy Shibuya. Right. Unclear why. How does this whole thing resolve? Because if I don't say that, you guys are going to keep going off <laughs> yeah. in different directions. How does it this resolve? It resolves with a mass pileup of Deus Ex Machina. Basically, every character who is alive still in the game comes back and plays a part in waking up Shibuya, changing the, like, turning the potential energy from that pin into something good that will make the city back to what it was. Because, again, it's a desolate, horrifying place now in the real world. Uh, you get Neku there, you have Shiki finally shows back up to help save a different character who's been trapped inside her doll. That thing doesn't make any sense. Um, so and they, they, they come yeah. in and they fix it. Yeah, and Josh just shows up. Okay, and Ryan's there too. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gang's all here. Gang's all here. Um, and also a separate angel who has not been met before. Okay. Who looks a lot like Josh, but is not. Uh, just shows up and basically is like, hey, I fixed your problem. I took care of that one guy who destroyed everything. And then I made Shibuya fine. And it's, uh, yeah. But he didn't. It, it's, a, it's a whole thing. So they fix it. <laughs> yeah, everyone uh, teams up. Our forces combined. Everyone saves the day. Shibuya's fixed. Uh, um, everyone's back to being alive in the real world. Including Neku. Neku gets Neku, to Neku got resurrected again by Josh. Finally go back to life. And Shoka. And Shoka, the, the Reaper girl who joined you, uh, gets to come back to life too. That's very nice. And that's, that is how it ends. Okay. Cool. <laughs> is there anything you would like to discuss specifically about said plot? Because I think we have time for exactly one because I do have to edit this. <laughs> no, oh no. I want to talk more about the game itself, I think. Okay. With like food and fashion systems. Please do. Yeah. So for both of these games, uh, instead of like weapons, you get pins. And instead of armor, you get just normal like Tokyo street fashion. It's very good. <laughs> normal. There's a clown you, wig and a Santa outfit. Human. <laughs> Civilian street fashion. (laughs) Stuff you could buy in a shop. And Josh has a fetish. (laughs) He's an angel. Uh, So yeah, you can buy different outfits for your characters. They don't show up when you equip them in the game, but they're They worked really hard on those character designs. Yeah, Yeah, no, the character designs are great. I don't think we mentioned that, but like, I truthfully, I love This game is very stylish. It's very stylish. stylish. The art style of it is also very different, which I appreciate. It's got kind of more of a like comic book manga. Heavy comic book ink style. Yeah. Very good. It's it's very good. It reads, you get a lot of those flat panels. And the second game is great because it's voiced almost the entirety of the game, whereas the first game voices very, very little of it. And you get these flat panels where the characters will talk, which is really great. And so you get to see the art style in, like, full effect and hear the great voice acting. Their little 
facial expressions change based off what they're saying. It's they they do a lot considering uh-huh. there's not a lot of animation actually going on. Nice. Yeah, it's uh it's really good. But the the you, food and fashion is the best. Yeah, you did say there was a thing with food. Yes, you can buy all of your kids food and they'll eat it and it'll increase their stats. But they all have preferences about what they eat. So Adorable. if you give them things they don't like, they will complain. Oh if you give God. them things they do like, they will be happy and they might get stats bonuses. Yeah. Adorable. Uh, also, just as a note for someone who's been playing the game for a while, do not forget to feed your children. <laughs> do not forget to feed do your that. children. Feed your children. This is general can, advice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're dead. It doesn't actually matter, but they're not dead. They're kind of in limbo anyway, though. Yeah. But dead like, kids need to eat too. Yeah. Apparently, but don't forget the stat bonuses because otherwise, you get to the end, you're like, why can't I bite beat this boss? Oh, you have no stats. <laughs> no, stat <laughs> it's bonuses. it's That's really the, yeah the way you get your stats. That is that is a very like fun and unique way to handle like stats bonuses <laughs> and armor and whatnot. I, yeah, does, and I you get that. a lot of the characters' personalities from that too. <laughs> apparently. I didn't realize this until I looked it up somewhere. Uh, so Nagi wears this white t-shirt that has this Japanese text on it. I cannot read kanji well enough to read it, but apparently uh, when you buy her food, the text changes to reflect oh, her reaction to the food. That's adorable. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's cute. That's very cute. That's that's great. Yeah. That, it's, it's interesting. So that changed, the food changed between games. The way it is. The fashion is pretty much identical between the two games. In the first game, however, you buy food and it goes into your inventory and then you feed them. Manually. You have to manually feed. Spoon feed your your dead teens. Uh, Whereas in the second game, you're actually going into restaurants and ordering. Like you would in a normal situation. And so that's actually really fun. And then uh, the other thing about both games is you have essentially like relationship scores. I put that in air quotes. uh, with With shopkeepers. Because if you buy more stuff, they like you more. And their text will change, depending <laughs> on what they say. Their portraits okay. will also change yeah. in the second game when they Aww. like you more. It's very yeah. cute. So you'll, and you'll get better deals and more more cool items the more stuff yeah. you buy. Yeah, there's a lot of actual interaction with Shibia itself mm-hmm. in these designated shopping areas <laughs> that the Reapers have marked yeah. as right. players can enter them and interact with the townspeople, even if um, people on the street can't yeah. see them. Cool. That is very neat. Of course. Um, is there <laughs> anything else you want to discuss before we start wrapping up? There's so much I could discuss. So much, thing. yeah. <laughs> you pick one. You guys spent too long recapping. I know. Uh, themes? Yeah, I like the themes. I There's there's something I want to talk about with the second game, but it pertains to the secret reports, and I don't actually want to get into that, that as far as spoilers too, go. Yeah, two in the weeds. Uh, the thing about the way secret reports are a thing for across all Square Enix games, basically, is yeah. um, the secret reports I found in World Ends With You are much more related to the actual plot, and they also make them easier to unlock because of that reason. <laughs> Uh, but there's some stuff in there that references between the two games to really look at some of the differences, which I really appreciated. Rude. <laughs> but the the themes are something to look at, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, just the thing that really stands out, I think, for most people who play these games is Neku's story in the first one, how just the intimacy of that story and watching his journey going from being, like, super misanthropic to 
being like, I don't need to wear headphones all the time, actually. <laughs> it's a little it's a little bit at the end where he literally takes his headphones off. Very cute. It's, it's yeah, no. I I think that just the way the game is paced and like the different interactions that Niku has with the characters, with his partners and the Reapers and the shopkeepers and all that, like you just get this very real sort of Mm-hmm. journey emotional journey that this kid is going on yeah and you definitely get that with some of the characters in the second game more than others i think fret and nagi are yeah. two that you really basically what you look at the characters at the beginning you're like oh these are all trope characters you're normal you've got your nerd you've got your happy-go-lucky and then you're like stoic leader and as you're going through you're realizing they're pretty much all subversions of these basic tropes and that is brilliant. I love a good subversion. Like, Nagi is this nerd. You're like, oh, she doesn't get people. In reality, she gets people more than any other character in the game. Yeah, she goes very quickly from being like, oh, she's like a 4 channer, I guess, <laughs> to, oh my god, this is the most emotionally intelligent person I've ever encountered. Yeah, and you get Fret, who you find that happy-go-lucky attitude is a full front because he is in so much pain that you have, like, no idea until he starts talking about it. And... It's like, oh yeah, it's just full facade. And your stoic leader is only stoic because he's like completely... He has no idea what to say. <laughs> he's, he has no idea what to say and he's paralyzed by the, trying to make a choice. That makes a lot of sense with what you said at the very beginning of it feeling like an indie game because mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of games made by AAA, com- like AAA games, generally don't focus that much on a character I... concept unless they, it's like a a thinky game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely, like, compared to Square's other big works, <laughs> Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts, yeah, this is a fucking masterpiece in character analysis. It is. Alright. Uh, also, quick shout out to the soundtrack. Oh my god, the, the soundtrack <laughs> fucking slaps! <laughs> it is I would fantastic. hope so. With a, with a Takahara <laughs> Ishimoto did it again, knocked it out of the park. <laughs> what a fucking icon. I think that is a wonderful note to end on. <laughs> yes. If you haven't heard the soundtrack, go and find the original one. I don't know if the second one is out, out yet. It is out, yeah. Is it out? Okay, yeah. Listen go, to both of them. Go listen to both of them. They have the best mix of, like, various genres. So good. So good. <laughs> and then go look up Takahashi Ishimoto's other stuff. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Grumble Pack. Thank you, Stacy, for coming on to be a guest for it because you, I didn't know Thank you. shit about this game before. And <laughs> you now even I know, know the difference between all of it. Yeah, I don't. I figured the one named Beat would be the one wearing big headphones, and I was wrong. Was Hilariously, <laughs> in the second game, he is wearing headphones. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> they actually switch up, make his outfit in the second game look more like Nagus, just to throw you off the I, I'm done. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. Good episode, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>